Okay. The Christmas Google Hangout. Welcome. They are very atmospheric. Do you like that, everyone? Lovely. Brilliant. Okay, so welcome everyone to right, welcome everyone to the Singavel Christmas Google Hangouts where we're going to review the year. And uh, remember we're CPD accredited. And uh, remember to sign up on YouTube so you can see everything and get notifications of all our sales. Right, we've got loads of guests today. This is a record for us. So let's start from the left and I'm going to introduce everyone to you. So we've got Chris McAlpine, commercial Hi. head of Zoopla. We've got Del Hen we've got my elf helper, Del Henry. Merry Christmas. <laughs> this is CPD accredited, very serious, right? This is we have Philip Nell, Hermes Investments, fund manager extraordinaire. We have Jonathan Crossland from Lucid Ocean. Tech guru, blockchain genius, etc. We have Mark Bruno of Dacha. We have Richard Wolf. Where's your hat, Richard? Right there, right. Oh, you, you turned on, Richard. We have Peter Burkett, who is standing in for Astrid and uh, Jonathan Metlis from Howard Kennedy. And we have me, Neil Singer. Welcome, right. First thing we're going to do is we're going to do an overview of the market, which Richard is going to help us with. Richard, over to you. Good afternoon, everybody. So this is an overview of the market as we saw it at Singaviel. We have seen a 15% increase in the volume of sales compared with the, the compared with 2016. In addition, our market share in Scotland has also increased this year considerably compared with 2016 as well. We have acted on behalf of uh, 45 different vendors this year, which is quite interesting. And in a calendar year where uncertainty has dominated, inflation has increased to its highest level for nearly six years and interest rates increased for the first time in 10 years, our market share has increased and our database continues to increase. Online sales are at, a, at the highest rate ever of 68.5% in, in, in 17, which also accounts for England and Wales because you can't do online exchanges in Scotland, all of which is clear evidence of the market further embracing technology, plus hopefully the quality and diversity of our sales instructions. Great. I think it's time to take my hat off, isn't it? Should I take my hat off? Leave it on. No, take the hats off. Hats off. Because Phil, you didn't put your hat on. All right. Does anyone, does anybody want to comment on their their view of the year? Anybody? Hands up. No. Don't all jump. Don't 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 all jump in at once. Okay. So I'm going to tell you what I believe to be the most significant thing of the year. All right. So my view, the most significant thing of the year for us was the launch of the click to purchase um, blockchain. And I'm going to share with you something on screen. This is uh, this this record. This is a recording of the first ever sale done by Singaviel, where immediately after the exchange, the contract and the audit trail was recorded in a blockchain ledger. First in the world, so far as we so far as we are aware, and we think that's a huge movement for the whole property industry 
Now, I'm also going to share a couple of things with you because I just want to show you what people have been saying about blockchain and about, um, about click-to-purchase and the way Singaville use it. This is the Law Society Gazette. And interestingly enough, I had a call from Michael Cross, who is the, uh, one of the uh, lead writers um, at the Law Society Gazette. I think he may be the, um, the, uh, the editor. And he asked me about uh, the transaction I just showed you. And it appeared on the front page of the Law Society Gazette. And we received, I received, a tirade of abuse online from lawyers. And what's interesting, I'm going to point you out to the, the very last comment that came in said this. It said, just if you can't read it, let me just read it back to everybody. It says, ah, the latest game changer, and I'm all a quiver again. It's a good and entertaining game for sure, but the claims, claims by blockchain are clearly overblown, self-serving, deliberately aggressive, and seemingly based on one commercial transaction, et cetera, et cetera. But my favorite one was this one by, again, someone anonymous, very bravely, anonymously said, blockchain is unadulterated nonsense designed by someone who either has no idea about property law or worse, who does not have knowledge, but has clear intentions to develop a high-tech way to make money easily out of the general public's ignorance of property law and computer technology. Okay, so... But what's interesting is, oh, I should actually, there's one other thing I'm, I'm actually like to share with everybody, because I think it's of, it's of relevance. What these lawyers haven't read is the government's lead scientist, Mark Walport, Sir what Mark Walport, and what he says is this. He says, distributed ledger technology has the potential to transform the delivery of public and private services, et cetera, et cetera. So, I think what I, what I found about a month ago was a huge amount of ignorance about blockchain technology. And um, I think that for us, the exchange we did was the most significant thing of the year. Um, the, the expert about blockchain is Jonathan. I don't know if you want to, Jonathan, do you want to, it, it might be interesting if you give everyone your view, because Jonathan has actually, is actually a blockchain developer. Oh, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. Hello. That's it. We can hear you now. Hi. Excellent. Um, so, so, so I think you stole my best event of the year as well. Oh, well, um, you're really good then. <laughs> yeah. Look, uh, for you guys, for clicktopurchase.com, we, we developed two, two exciting things. We did digital signatures, um, bringing something that was traditionally you know, on the fringes into something that can actually be used every day. Uh, I think that's great. I think blockchain underpinning all of that, making it immutable and, and having the data anchoring and having KYC is fantastic. I think you know, the people who think that blockchain, like those people you read, think that it might not affect the industry, property industry or any industry. Uh, yeah, that they need to read a couple of books first and, and do some research and, and see what's going on. It's going to change absolutely everything. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, what I've seen, from my side, what I've seen, I've been in the prop tech world probably for about five or uh, about six, seven years, but the last 12 months, this wave of interest in blockchain has been unbelievable. It's like nothing I've seen. And it's it, for people to dismiss it out of hand without any knowledge of what it really is, is, a, is actually quite ridiculous. Anyway, that's, um, that's my view of the, the most um, key event of the year. Richard, do you want to tell us what you think your most key event is? 
Oh, you're frozen. You're frozen. There you are. Can you hear me? Sure, no problem at all. Um, the most significant event of the year, in my opinion, is the clear uh, um, insurgence of the online estate agency model. For instance, Purple Bricks' trade, latest trading update reported is now has a 74% share of the UK's online agency sector, with UK revenue up 118% and group revenue up 150%. Now, I know uh, having read the, uh, the last couple of days a lot of press uh, reports about Purple Bricks and how many commentators feel that their figures might be in some way distorted and they don't release the number of sales that they do. There is, however, clear evidence that their business is growing at uh, an incredible rate. Their uh, share price has had a year low of 138.25p and a high of 525p currently trading at circa 351p and their market cap is 958 million pounds. Now when you can compare that with uh, high street estate agents such as Foxton's and Countrywide who have both reported significant falls in profits this year. Foxton's posted a 64% fall in profits and Countrywide recorded a 98% fall in pre-tax profits in the first half of 2017. So it's clear that these disruptors, inverted commas, are making their mark. And Purple Bricks, as well as others like Yopas, for instance, are making significant inroads into the, uh, into the UK estate agency sector. Um, obviously, Chris uh, McAlpine at Zoopla is with us. And I'm, I'm curious to know, although he works on the commercial side, whether Zoopla have noticed a continued increase in listings from online estate agents. And has it, has it looked at the volume of sales that are being done by online estate agents compared with their traditional high street estate agent client base? Um, yeah, but as you say, I'm on the commercial side, so I can only really say what I pick up from my residential colleagues, but certainly uh, there seems to have been great growth in all the um, online agents. I don't know, uh, I don't have any figures for how that's converted into sales. I mean, the big complaint that traditional agents seem to make about Purple Bricks is that they are quite shy about their sales figures, um, but certainly, you know, as a as a force for change, um, they're here to stay. I would, that would be my opinion. Um, I don't know what the, the PG opinion is, but you know, that would be my opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 my view is that um, the online the online agency sector can only grow. Uh, but I've said that many times before. Is anybody anybody else got any comments on that? Anyone? interested in anything? I, I think technology is underpinning a lot of this. Um, <laughs> if you take cloud computing and you take um, the, the cloud application model that has been, you know, sort of infiltrating absolutely every sector, um, I, I think property technology is just one of those that is surging on the wave of growth in, in everything. Uh, whether it's Slack or Trello or any technology you guys you know, use every day, the, 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 the customer base for all kinds of cloud applications is just growing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just going to comment as well. This is this is not going to be one of my biggest events, but um, the, the change between last year and this year in terms of awareness of technology and what it can do for people has been huge, um, as far as we're seeing at least. Um, and and blockchain, which which you mentioned, um, you know, clearly going to be naysayers if they think they're going to be losing their jobs in the next uh, two to five years. But we've run a couple of blockchain seminars, and they've been incredibly, incredibly popular. Uh, and even when we're not running blockchain seminars, questions about blockchain comes up in almost every single other seminar we do. So um, just to cover those points. 
I feel it feels like you know the internet in '92 again. You know it's going to be big, but you don't know exactly how. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's interesting actually. I, I, I don't know if you guys are all aware, but the government have had a call for evidence about changing the house buying process because it's such an it's such an archaic system. And actually, I I actually did my submission to them today just to try and help. And I actually said one of the things I think the government should do is is undertake a program of education because people don't understand technology and they don't need to know how blockchain works. They just need to know that it's there to help, or they don't even know how people. If you think about it, you press a button now. Everyone's used to pressing buttons, so I think that. A, but I have seen an enormous change in the, even the pro, in the property industry related to technology in the last 12 months. Okay, next. Dale. Yes, on. I'm on. Okay, so my event, I've gone with the end of the buy-to-let boom this year because the regulatory changes introduced by the government have sent the buy-to-let boom into reverse. Firstly, they've raised stamp duty by 3%. Then they introduce stiffer rules on offsetting wear and tear against tax. And then in April, they introduced uh, an end to the higher rate tax relief for mortgage interest payments. And not only that, we've now had the mortgage rate, mortgage rate rises, which have added a, to, let's say, a trying 2017 for the buy-to-let market. And what this government crackdown has done is it's, it's just squeezed profits. It's deterred thousands from using rental property to boost their, their pension income in fact according to reports just two percent of savers over 55 are now looking to put their money into buy to lets so the, the result of all this is that um, more and more investors are moving away from residential property and looking to commercial and mixed-use investments uh, as, as an alternative according to studies the number of buy to let landlords turning towards commercial property investment has grown by 200% over the last 3 years the residential investment market i'm not saying it's completely dead in the water but due to these barriers and challenges that all these landlords now face the commercial market is being seen as a as a as a very attractive alternative and in fact we've we've seen this crackdown have a direct impact on our business because we have been receiving regular new inquiries from investors looking to make the switch from residential to commercial property investments yeah right. thanks Dale. yeah phil you're the residential expert well you and, a, and the broader sort of commercial real estate market as well. I, I, I think I'd agree, I'd agree with Dale, really. I mean, I think... Dale, can't hear you very well. Can you, can can't you, I'll lead forward. That's that better? better. That's better. Okay, okay, there we go. Uh, no, just in terms of what sort of wider comments around the commercial and residential investment markets, I think 2017 has been a fascinating year. It's, we, we sort of started the year with everybody obsessed, well, certainly in my world, obsessed with fixed income assets and this this kind of hunt for yield and everybody was expecting a sort of rotation into into equities and the equity market has gone up but as um, as you guys have already mentioned you know there have been some real real shocking falls in in equity values i mean countrywide share prices is, is something like 36 down 36% over the year i mean absolutely you know mind you when it posts 98% fall in uh, mm. in pre tax profits there's no there's no wonder and um, you know the FTSE 350 and the FTSE 100 are up about five or six percent, and yet Landsex price is down about five or six percent. And when you look at the the activity recently, you know when Hammerson and uh, um, 
and Into came out with their their merger, and then they got slightly sort of blown out of the water by the uh, you know by the Westfield Unibuy merger. Those, those are just evident. You know, that's to me that's just evidence of this sort of inefficiency in the equity market and the fact that investors don't seem to be sort of paying fair value for for assets. Um, and I can only I can only see that that continuing really. So going forward next year, I think it's going to be a year of more on more uncertainty in equity markets, although there's a huge amount of this, this sort of long income product that's going to come back to the market. I think there was an FT article the other week saying there's a trillion dollars of money held in 10 year bonds that they bought all were bought, you know, government bonds in 2008-9 that are relatively high yielding that are going to be trying to recycle into a much low yielding environment, which has got to be good for property. So I can see more money coming back into the property market next year, which is which is positive, um, actually. But I think there's going to be more M&A activity um, because I just think, you know, there's, there's not that the equity market is seriously reflecting some shocking valuations in, uh, in property assets at the moment. OK, thanks, Phil. Anyone, anybody got any views on that? Anyone, anyone got any views on the market? As a lawyer, Peter? Actually, Des rather stolen my thunder a bit on the buy-to-let market because I'm both a lawyer and a buy-to-let landlord. So I've been watching all the ratcheting of the political process, taking every scrap of profit out of it. Uh, but I think it also links back into the idea of using technology. I self-manage and advertise to an online agency, have done for nearly 10 years now. Uh, it just struck me as the best way of actually handling my property. And it's the industry I understand and know well. So that's where my money is. And it's probably going to stay there for the time being. Although, if I can pick out my um, event of the year. I was going to actually say this year's budget, which while it brought everyone else to tears, I felt was yet another ratchet on the buy-to-let process of taking out um, capital gains positions for companies holding residential yes. properties. And at some point, this is going to come back and hit us. When I did economics decades ago at school, um, I was told that most economic policies are like pulling a brick towards you with a piece of elastic. It doesn't move for a long time, but then suddenly it moves very quickly. And I think in two or three years' time, all those changes squeeze their way through the system. We could find that we precipitate another housing crash with an, a disorderly exit from the market of a lot of people in a similar situation to myself. And they'll be pop, drop, dropping their properties on the market very quickly. Um, and all the past crashes, I've now lived through three property crashes in the residential market. They've all been triggered by a well-intentioned change somewhere else. Uh, and I, I do have a fear that a couple of years from now, we'll be on the brink of another one. Um, yeah, thanks, Peter. Actually, I, 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 if I can give you my view about the, the uh, buy-to-let markets, uh, in fact, the housing market, um, I don't mean to be um, worrying people. My view is that the housing market in the UK is massively overpriced. I think that the um, intervention by the government, whilst perhaps well intended in order to try and make properties available for owner-occupiers by making it more and more difficult for buy-to-let landlords to buy property, if you if you consider what what has happened in the last few years, if you went into an estate agency office about a year, I don't know, a couple of years ago, they would have told you that nine out of 10 of their buyers were buy-to-let investors and maybe one occupier. And that, of course, drove the market price up. And secondly, the government then decided to do what I believe to be the worst idea they could possibly have come up with is this help to buy scheme for first-time buyers. So. They're helping to buy, they're helping first-time buyers to buy properties which they can't really afford to buy, but it only applies to the first time a property is sold. So it's inflating land values for developers and it's inflating the value of the properties which those first-time buyers are going to buy. But when they want to sell those properties on, there's no buy-to-let investors around now because it doesn't make any sense. And the person 
who bought with the benefit of a buy-to-let loan from the government can't sell it to someone who's got the benefit of a buy-to-let loan, so who are they going to sell it to? And I think a lot of these first-time buyers are going to find themselves in a lot of trouble because they won't be able to sell their properties. They're basically be stuck. You're almost going to end up in negative equity again. So that's my fear about the residential market. I actually think there's a big problem, unfortunately, around the corner. I hope I'm wrong, but that's, that's my view. Oh, I, hope that, I hope that cheers everyone up. Has that cheered everyone up? <laughs> Wait until the next government and see what they have, have to do uh, with, the, with the private residential uh, rented sector. That would be my worry. Yeah, well, I won't be here then. So, you know, so you haven't got to worry about that. I won't have to worry about that. Right, hold on. Who hasn't given their view of the um, event of the year? Hold on. Chris, do you want, what's your event of the year? Uh, well, mine is just going to be a very narrow, uh, selfish view um, as, as to what I'm doing with, with Zoopla. And it was the fact that uh, we actually got uh, over 50,000 listings um, on our commercial channel. So we feel we're getting close to 50% of the market actually being listed with us. And most of that growth has come from, uh, you know, agents who we've, previously been very resistant to the idea of being on portal, you know, actually contacting us and, and coming on board. So I sort of feel the commercial agency market is catching up with the residential market um, in terms of using, you know, online and digital. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Right. That's good to hear. Mark. Have you, I don't think you've given us, have you given us, I, 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 no, I haven't, no, I, I, I save that up for later. Mine's, Slightly lighthearted, but not quite. Um, this was the year we actually discovered that the Queen is no longer the largest landowner in London. Um, we we did a story earlier this year uh, in Property Week and uh, discovered that the, the Qataris actually own um, more buildings in, in London than the Queen does, um, which then kind of feeds into you know foreign ownership in the UK. I know I'm not allowed to say the B word and all that sort of stuff, but um, and. Uh, and I guess that then feeds into what we've been working on a lot on this year uh, is our new transactions module. So we've actually been tracking all the uh, investment transactions in the UK, uh, everything from land registry, but then we have our own research team going in and doing, uh, providing additional information on all those deals over 3 million. So we can actually uh, report on all these, on all these deals in great, in great detail. Um, and it's kind of tied to all the underlying data. So interesting how just a, the, the, the soundbite being the Queen is no longer the largest landowner has a lot of other implications underneath it. Um, and we're excited to be able to, to reveal some of that with the new yeah. technology. Yeah. So anybody watching, remember, if you need an introduction to Mark at Dacha, you just have to drop um, down myself or Richard an email and we'll put you in touch with Mark directly. Phil, you've, Phil, you've given, yeah. have you given us, oh, you, on, you've given well, us, yeah. yes. Jonathan, you talked about Trowbridge. Who's let? That's it. We're all done. We've done right. Next topic, I think. Next topic, I believe, is predictions for 2018. Who would like to start? I'd like to start. Jonathan. Right. I, I predict. Right. Here we go. In 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 audio quality, my predictions. We'll see. Yeah. They're going to fail miserably. Right. Uh, Bitcoin. I think it'll double its price in the next 12 months. Definitely. I think if you think that the growth in blockchain and Bitcoin this year was phenomenal, I think you're going to be surprised. I think 2018 is going to be, it's going to kill it. I think it's going to set up for 2019, it's going to set up mainstream cryptocurrency. 
Um, that's my big one. Okay. Uh, there are a couple of others, but I can always come back. Okay. Well, go on. Give, tell us what. Tell us what else you think. Uh, property industry. I don't think it's hit its peak yet. I think prop tech is is still growing. I think you're going to have uh, more statistics and big data coming through. Uh, even drones. You're going to have drones coming in, drone footage. So the prop tech industry is, is, is going to blossom, but I don't think its peak is going to be 2018. I think it's going to come in 2019, 2020. Um, there's a lot more to come. Um, AI, machine learning, that's going to be big, and you're going to start finding it not just in large enterprises. You're going to see machine learning APIs through cloud system infrastructure available to you, and small businesses and cloud applications that you're using are going to leverage that. And that's going to mean a lot of new kinds of data and reporting that you've never seen before. And it's going to start in 2018, big time. Okay. Thanks, Jonathan. Um, Pleasure. I'll give you my view in a moment, actually. I'm interested. Right, who's big in tech? Mark, what's your prediction for 2018 as a tech business? Yeah, no, I, I'd have to agree with that. I'm probably going to be boring and say that. I think it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I don't, given the change we've seen in the last 12 months, um, I think the hardest thing, it's easy to build technology, the hardest thing is to change people's behavior. Uh, I think we're starting to see that happening, which is fantastic. I think that is going to be slower to change, um, but I completely agree with Jonathan. I think there's going to be more and more companies out there, um, you know, more and more data is going to be available, and we you know, won't reach its peak, well, who knows, maybe two years from now, maybe three years from now, maybe even more. Um, but I, I think there's a long way to go. And you know, blockchain is still a massive un, unknown uh, for most people. And I think we'll be underpinning most of what we do in an unseen way in the next you know, 5, 10, 20 years, probably. OK. OK. Phil, what do you th what's your prediction? OK. Well, like Jonathan, I, th well, I think property is going to have a reasonably good year, actually. I mean, I know some of the predictions for next year have not been particularly positive um, of late, but I, I, you know, I think it'll be income plus a bit next year. I mean, this year's just been phenomenal versus where we thought we would be at the beginning of the year. So, you know, I think it's going to be a better year next year, or at least it's a better year than people are expecting. I think technology and property is finally going to kind of get where it needs to get to in terms of its impact on occupational, occupational um, imperatives. You know, the we're not allowed to talk about B, but you know the B word. But I think finally the city will wake up to the fact that um, you know technological change and the way that people operate and occupy buildings is going to be a massive driver of changing requirements. You know I can just see that coming. I mean it's already being talked about. Um, you know when people are revisiting where they want to be located, they're also looking at how many people they're going to need and how that operation is fundamentally changing. So I can see that having a big influence. And yet when you walk around the city and the same buildings are being put up in the same way they were put up 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, I think it's time that we all kind of woke up to the fact that we need to think about this differently. So I read something quite recently actually about, you know, co-working and the impact of co-working. And, um, you know, we kind of invented co-working in London. I mean, Lloyd's of, Lloyd's of London was, was founded in a coffee, coffee house um you know and it feels like we're going we're going back there and we ought to we ought to embrace that um you know everyone was very cynical about we work i mean uh, you know clearly there's a hell of a lot of value in their brand versus their necessarily the, the the fundamentals of their operation but you know now they're starting to buy assets rather than taking sort of leverage positions through leases uh, i think it's going to be fascinating to see how that pans out 
Yeah. Well, we're, we're yeah. I'm looking forward to 2018. I think it's going to be a great year. Actually, really interesting. Finally, occupational change will get top of the agenda. Okay. Thank you, Phil. Peter. Peter. Some predictions for 2018. I think my safe one is that Man City are going to win the Premier League. <laughs> no, 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 no. Probably. Uh, not a Man City fan, so it doesn't affect me one way or the other. But I, I think Mark touched on something that affects us as lawyers. I mean, everyone knows how quick lawyers are to adopt new technology and to change their practices. And uh, I think it's a little bit early for blockchain and some of the technology yet, but I do see it making great strides in bringing the lawyers kicking and screaming along behind it. The point I'm looking for, what happened in the next 12 months, is the land registry to go to blockchain. I think it's absolutely inevitable. Um, it will be a better technology than we have at the moment. It will, so it will be three-dimensional rather than two-dimensional, which is what we work with at present. Um, what I actually think will happen over the next 12 months is that we'll see innovative techniques coming in as to how we actually map out what we do with space as much as what we do with buildings. We're working on active programs for airspace development in London. Uh, recently, um, so a report that said there's space for 40,000 new dwellings within zones one and two alone. Uh, that's combining with innovative building technologies and the rework and um, processes that are coming through. We're looking at innovative lease structures that will help those uh, those operations become brandable, where the, the person operating the space that is co-living and, and reworking um, can actually build a business around that, which the tools available to property lawyers before have been a little bit limiting. Um, so a lot of technological driving and a lot of lawyers desperately trying to catch up is probably my best prediction for 2018. Did you, did you, did you kind of get this right? Did you just say that you thought the land registry would be in blockchain next year? No, not next year, but it will go eventually. And I think the technology will lead towards that. Uh, uncorruptible public data is the single biggest benefit to conveyancing. Uh, over the, I've been doing this 30 years. I've seen simple steps like being able to get land registry records online at a moment's notice. My record for killing a deal is 15 minutes when I downloaded the title and found a restrictive covenant that prevented development. That was fantastic for our client because it cost them virtually nothing. One phone call and they knew instantly that the, the scheme was not viable. Can I ask you a question? What makes, why do you think it's of significance that the, for the land registry to have been a blockchain ledger? Because once that, um, that system goes to blockchain, everything else will have to fit into that system. It will be driven from the land registry coming down. And all the other systems will have to use it, but they'll be using the spatial data that will come out of the land registry to provide information things like planning applications and consents um, for records of where leases fit into a building. I was asked many years ago if there's a way of mapping not just what the terms of a lease are in terms of dates and numbers and amounts and rent reviews and such like, but actually finding some way of mapping which bit of a building is included in each demise. If we can get a three-dimensional land registry, we can do that. Okay. Can I give you my view about the land registry and blockchain? If people Why not? <laughs> I think this is... Um, I, I, I don't agree, actually, at all. I, don't, I think that the industry, the blockchain industry and the prop tech blockchain industry is, is focusing on putting title registries into a blockchain ledger so you've got proof of ownership. Well, and I think, them, I think there's a lot of people who've got self-interest in trying to get this done, as Jonathan and I have discussed. And I think that the key point is not the registering at the land registry, because that system already works well. It is the actual execution of the contract. Absolutely. And it's, this, it's the speed of execution, the right to ownership 
is where blockchain will have its major impact, not necessarily then recording it. The recording it at the land registry is an event that will follow, but it's about the exchange. I've never, I've, you know, how, how many times have you heard someone, have you ever heard a house buyer say, oh, you know what, it took me so long between complete exchanging it and going to get completed and listed the land registry. No one ever says that. What they say is, it took me so long to exchange. It's the exchange is the key point. But and as long as we do have an issue with the registration gap between the transaction happening and the title coming back, it's not as bad as it used to be. My record was over three years to get the title registered. Thankfully, it doesn't take quite that long now. Yeah, but no, I think, I think, I think that's, I, I, that it will follow, but the system's already, I think it's already pretty good. I think what will happen is by having the land registry in blockchain, it, it, you're right, it will start a, um, a, a, a process flow. I think that when you've got a proof of ownership in your digital wallet, by reference to a blockchain ledger, I think that's when the market will start to move very quickly. And funnily enough, I have heard of one business which does enable you to exchange contracts very speedily online. <laughs> Has anybody know what that business is? Anyone? It's it's a it's a business that I that I have worked with my friend Jonathan on, and uh, I, I have a question actually, Neil. What the the transaction you mentioned at the beginning of this hangout? What yeah. was it, and where is it? Okay so, what, okay, so what it was, it was a shop. It's interesting. It was a shop that was we sold in Trowbridge. Okay. We put it on the market on a Monday. It was bought by a dentist on Thursday. And he actually bought it between appointments. I, 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 <laughs> this is absolute, he apparently he'd been, he'd spent, what, two years trying to buy it, guys? Two years trying to buy a property investment. Couldn't buy one. He bought it between appointments. He clicked a button, made an offer, and we accepted the offer and the contract exchanged. And the key is within, I think it was three minutes, it was recorded in the blockchain ledger. So he had absolute proof of ownership, of the rights to ownership from... So three minutes. No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't insult me there, Neil. Oh, it sorry, wasn't was it, three minutes. I, I got it wrong. What was it? What was Twenty-three it? seconds. It was. Oh, in. I'm so sorry. It was propagated. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. Twenty-three. <laughs> sorry. You're never going to forgive me, are you? Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. My mistake. Yeah, I think the holdup in the queue was actually the email connecting to the SMTP service, just to notify everyone. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. All right. Twenty-three seconds. There you are. So it took him from Monday to Thursday, in order to buy a building building online and have it recorded in a blockchain ledger which meant he had immutable proof so if he then wanted the if he then wants to sell it on to the next person the point is that it actually he, by having ownership proven in his digital wallet he can pass it on and nobody needs to actually check that he owns the building because he's got proof of ownership and i think that's what that's what the whole point about blockchain is that's why i believe it's the exchange that's the key point and not the um the completion and the listing of the land registry but there are some people who i think probably mark and i know bet know, know well in the and maybe chris as well in the block in the prop tech community who don't like to hear that because they're trying to make a living out of telling people otherwise but that's just my view okay let's right who's who hasn't given their prediction for the year dale uh, my okay, not particularly uplifting one, I'm afraid. But my one is I can see a further decline of the high street, um, increase in the number of, uh, of of retail stalls falling, um, but the share of online retail sales will rise further. But 
I can see more retailers going into administration, uh, more pain out there. We'll have to see what happens with the with the Christmas trading, which I know is key. But yeah, my, um, I, th I think there is a lot more pain to come on the high street. That's my prediction. Great. Thanks, Dale. Right. Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> right. So everyone go Christmas shopping, please. Right. Richard. Muted. Okay. Okay, I'm going to All right. Okay, I'm going to give you mine. Shall I give you mine? Oh, I agree with Jonathan completely. I think bitcoins are going to rocket. Actually, I think that whilst they've gone up enormously, all of a sudden it's gone to the press. It's a bit like the bot dot com boom. Everyone I know wants to buy a bitcoin. Everyone I know. It's like buying. Do you remember that Affinity Internet shares a few years ago when it all went up and everyone bought them and then it all crashed? Same thing. Same Surely thing. that's when you should be selling, right? When, you, when, when your Uber driver is talking about buying Bitcoins, that's when you sell. Yeah, but Bitcoin's an asset class. It's not, it's not yeah. relevant. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. Hold I think, on. Yeah, I, I, yeah, Mark, I think that it will just become an asset class. It will just, it's, it'll become part of a global asset in the same way paintings, cars, etc. And it won't just be Bitcoins, there'll be loads of others. So that's why. So that's, isn't all that it's when, when High Street talks, Wall Street walks? When it gets down to the Uber driver, surely that is the point at which the big investors... There'll be no Uber drivers in five years. Uh, uh, it'll be all <laughs> autonomous. Yep. 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 <laughs> right, that's the first thing. The next thing I think is going to happen is I think a biggest estate agency is going to collapse. That's what I think. I think there's going to be a big name is going to go bust in the next 12 months. And I think that is all due to the change of habits combined with the slowdown of the market combined with the pressure, the downward pressure on high street estate agency fees, etc. So that's a good one. So if anyone's an estate agent and wants to, um, has got a comment, wants to send us a message, we'd love to hear from you. And the last, the last thing I'm going to say is that I think there is um, something around which people may, may or might not be familiar with called an ICO, an initial coin offering. It's a way of raising money based upon a blockchain business. And there's been millions of dollars pouring into companies on what's ICOs. It's effectively, a, it's a way of tokenizing a business. I won't go into it in too much detail. I think there'll be some, a horror story next year. There's going to be, someone's going to lose a lot of money or some people are going to lose a lot of money. And you may not have heard of ICOs now in the same way that a lot of people hadn't heard about blockchain this time last year. Everyone will know, everybody will know what an ICO is this time next year. So that's my prediction for 2018. Is it right? Everyone's predicted. Everyone predicted? Right. I've got, I've got one more. Go on. I've got one more. Yeah. Yep. Uh, data insurance. Pardon? Data insurance will grow massively. We've got legal here. How's that going to be affected by cloud data, moving your, your data to other countries when your servers are running in Ireland and then in Singapore? I think data, data insurance, big data, all that kind of thing, company stuff, there's going to be some issues around there this coming year. I tell you what, there, I tell you what, there will be an issue around. I don't know if um, there's a new G, the new GDPR rules yeah. um, coming in in May next year, and the GDPR rules state that you, as a data holder, have to allow people to be able to delete their data. But the whole point about blockchain technology is that you can't delete data. So there's a law coming in in May which cannot be enforced if you have a blockchain business. So I don't know what that's going to do, but I have discussed that with lawyers, actually. You know, we'll have to see what happens. Right. Who's got a quick, right, now, now the fun bit. 
Now, right, this is the competition. Right, who's, has everybody got a question for the other guests? I did, but you stole it. Mine was actually about GDPR and how it's going to affect everyone. Oh, <laughs> no, okay. Well, I'll tell you what, shall I start? I'll, st I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll start, I'll start. And let's, even if it's, I'm, mine is the only question, let's see what happens. So here's my question, right? And everyone's going to answer, and there's going to be a prize at the end. Okay. Which one of these existed 10 years ago? All right. Which one of these existed 10 years ago? Okay. And Dale and Richard, you're excluded. Right. You're not allowed to answer this. Right. So which one of these existed 10 years ago? Airbnb, Bitcoins, iPads, Google Chrome, SingerVLSales.com, Instagram, WhatsApp, and that's it. Which one of those existed 10 years ago? Right, Chris, what's your vote? SingerVLSales.com. Okay, yours going for singervlsales.com. Okay, Phil. Well, I think I use singervlsales.com, so I was, I'm going to say the same thing. Okay. <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan? <laughs> I, I smell a rat in the question. Singervlsales.com. <laughs> 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 okay. Interesting, Mark Bruno. You know, the last ten years is a bit of a blur, but um, I'm going to have to agree with everyone else. Okay, and Peter. Uh, if you can remember 10 years ago, you couldn't have been doing it properly. So I think it's definitely Singer Yeah. Well, interesting enough, you're actually, you're all right. So <laughs> funny enough, it was, so you're getting a point. It was SingerVLSales.com. I don't like to say that we were ahead of the curve, but um, we were ahead of the curve. Right. Next question. Dale, your turn. Okay, here's my question. What percentage of visitors to SingerVLSales.com have been via a mobile device since the 1st of January 2017. Now, do you want do, 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 do you want a multiple choice or no? No. no? no. Okay. Okay. So, what percentage of visitors to singervlsales.com have been via a mobile device since the beginning of this year? Right. Chris, I'm going to go. Guess. Six, 63%. 63%. God, you have, have you ever have you ever heard the expression your mouth to god's ears right hold on three <laughs> percent right phil uh i'll go a bit lower i'll say 50. 50. jonathan 14. 14. Mm. mark yeah i was gonna go higher until you said that um uh, it's a bluff because I, I was shocked how high the access to our site was for mobile so i'm gonna say 70 Six. Seventy-six. Peter. I'm working in principle. Any any big philosophical question always has the answer forty-two. <laughs> forty-two. Dale, reveal. Okay. Is this where I've revealed the true answer, or the answer is twenty-two percent? So I think Jonathan was. Funny enough, that twenty-two was sitting in my head for a while. And then I thought, no, it's got to be lower. It's got to be lower. It's not bad, though, is it? I mean, it's not bad. 22% on a mobile device. I'm going to question what you call mobile device, though. Yeah, Dale. Google do you mean, Analytics. Yeah, Dale, do you, mean a, do you mean a phone or an iPad combined? No? Um, I, I, uh, I think it's higher. I, I think it's higher. 
I think I think I think it's high. You know, I think it's twenty two percent on the phone. Mm, yeah. Anyway, I always say to the people I work with, attention to detail. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. That's my question. Dale's question. Richard, you got a question for us? Wait, wait. Sorry, just to clarify, am oh. I one nil in the lead? Yeah, you're one yeah. nil in the lead. Yeah, okay. You're right. You're Fantastic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Neil, I'm just about to run out of battery, so I'm just going to move my uh, move my laptop. Okay. So I might log out and log back in. All right. Okay. Right. Who's got a question? Phil, do you have a question for us? Well, I did. Well, I had written down a couple of questions, but I thought they were more existential, you know, like people's views. So anyway, I've come up. I've come up with something while we were all talking there. Come on, then. So I think this is this is sort of on uh, on theme. So we launched um, a built-to-rent building in Liverpool in August, which was 324 units, a mixture of one bed, two beds, and three beds. Okay, and we've been marketing that. We've done very well, actually. We are up to now something like 70% let in three months, which is pretty good. Certainly are way ahead of where we thought we'd be. We, we thought we'd be at this number in February. Where is it? Where is it? It's in Liverpool, between the docks and um, um, Liverpool 1. Okay. So, so it's purpose-built, built-to-rent scheme, 324 units. We're about 75% let already. What percentage of... Um, residents have come to us via Zoopla and Rightmove. So we're using a combination of letting agents, um, website, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that. What percentage have come through Zoopla and Rightmove for that scheme? 68%. You're saying 68%? I want to write this down. Hold on. Jonathan's saying 68%. Okay. Chris, you don't know the answer on this, do you, Chris? I, I mean, does that include people who go to your agent via Zoopla or Rightmove? Well, it's really how do people, yeah, I suppose it's very hard to track whether they've only accessed, you know, effectively access details on the building through Rightmove and Zoopla. But it's more a sort of how do they first engage with us, get hold of information, and then speak to guys Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm going to go for 92% plus. Ooh, okay. Wow. Okay. Dale? I'm going to go 82%. Okay. Uh, hold on. Who have we done? Who have we got? Uh, Mark. Did you hear the question, Mark? I, I didn't. Okay. Bill, t t okay, I'll, ask you, I'll, I'll say it again. So it's a 324 units built to rent scheme in Liverpool. It was launched in August and it's about 75% let. What percentage of residents have initially come to the building? In other words, found out about it, looked up details, etc. What percentage of them have come through Zoopla and Rightmove? Ooh, and we've been uh, all sorts of things. So you know, websites, all the all the jazz. You know, social media. Uh, I'm going to go with 73 again. Ooh, 73. Okay, okay. <laughs> Richard. I'm going to go with 68%. Peter. Jonathan, okay. Peter. At some point, I'm going to go 42 again. Oh, right. There will be a okay. question. I, okay, I'm going to, I've got a question before I ask and answer it. What's the age profile um, of your residents? Uh, okay, okay, so I didn't say this. right? I so, know, I, that's why I'm asking you. I would say the majority, probably 70%, are what we term renty something, so 24 to 35 year olds. Okay, I'm going to say 20%. Okay. I'm going to say so. I, I, my, the reason I, I might be wrong. I, th I think it's way, way down because I think those sorts of people find all through social media, Facebook, 
all that stuff. There you go. That's my view. So I'm I'm somewhat different to other people. But let's no. see. What's the answer? I'm disappointed to say that Jonathan, Richard, and I can't remember who said 73% now, but it's about, it's almost exactly 70%. Is oh. it? Now, I'm completely wrong, I'm, then. I'm disappointed because exactly like you, Neil, I expected more to come through the media. Interesting. Not Interesting. Oh, okay. So, so, so hold on. What was the answer? Did you say 70? 70, yeah, it's pretty much bang on 70% today. Okay, so Jonathan's on 68, and who said, Richard said 68. Yeah, somebody said 73. But, I uh, said 73. Okay, yeah. well, I'm afraid 68 is closer. There you go. So there's two. That's Richard's on one, Jonathan's on two. You've got to give Mark at least one point for that. Come on, that's one point. I'll give you half. The 30% come from. Uh, the other 30% came from pretty much all social media. Well, the website actually delivered about 10. So it's about 10 on the website and then the rest on social media. Now, social media kind of advertising or is it just uh, word of mouth through friends? Word of mouth, uh, referrals, you know, um, likes, all that. Okay. Oh, I'm surprised. I have to yeah, say I'm surprised. Right. Actually, we have, uh, by to, to put this in perspective, we've just launched one in Manchester. So clearly the Manchester posse are a bit younger and more edgy. So there, only about 50% <laughs> have come through right move and Zoopla. Mm, mm. Worrying, Chris, yeah. eh? Very worrying, that. Okay. Mm. okay, who's got the next question? Who's, it, who's um, got one? I've got a question. I've got a question. Okay. How many people are watching right now live stream on YouTube? <laughs> well, we can see. And, and anyone's got that open, just just. Oh, well, I can see the answer. <laughs> oh, Three, come on. Four. Including, well, you, including us. <laughs> Wait, it's going down. Hang on, oh. this is a moving target. <laughs> uh, no, we normally get you know a couple of thousand people. You know, you know we're an educational body that we are. Right, who's got? Is that your question? Is that your question? I, I had an ex existential one. I don't so mind. Oh, oh, we'll, have have, we'll have to have an existential. Anyone got a factual question, or is it all existential? Is that how you say? It? Ex anyone? I, I, yeah, yeah, existential. I've got a question, but it's got no numbers behind it. I was just wondering whether you, you think that foreign investment into the into the UK is going to continue at the pace it has. I would, I, I would say not at the pace it has, but at some significant pace, in my view. Okay. Um, at what level? Personally, I, I think it's going to dry, you know, it depends where you are. And obviously London tends to take the lion's share. But um, I think nationally it's been something like 30%, hasn't it, this year. So I think it's going to be a bit off that. But I still think it's going to be strong in the 20s. Mm. See, I think that it's interesting. I don't, I don't know if anyone really collects the data very well because I have a feeling... We're starting to now. Yeah, but you do a, you, your, your, your data, and I think I'm correct, correct me if I'm wrong, you just said your data is 3 million plus generally? Uh, we've got everything Land Registry has, uh, and then we go in more detail for everything over three million. So and you, it's mostly commercial as opposed to resi. So you would you would be able to know on that three on a half million pound property who's bought it? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes. So you've, you've analysed that. So what's your feedback from the market? Uh, I wish I had the figures to hand, but stupidly I don't have them in front of me. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. So because what we so I we post it afterwards if you like. Yeah. So what we do is we sell, we sell most of our properties up to five million. 
Um, that's the nature of our, our agency, as um, people watching will know. And we get about 20 to 25 percent of our traffic is from abroad, from people as far away as South Africa, Far East, America. And yet most of the buyers are UK based. And we feel that this term foreign investors is really but my get my guess is it's primarily aimed at the big trophy deals so for when you mention that you know a lot of the um investment is 30 percent around, around the country i think that's because that's where the look at look you got to look at who's collecting that data and i'm not sure i'm not sure myself it depends so. on how you measure if it's just done by um kind of area or if it's just done by you know pure pound value um so there are many different ways to look at it yeah that's a good point yeah that's a good point um, so hold on, who's got the answer right? Has anyone got an answer? No one's really. No one knows. It's one of those existential uh, no, ones. There's no answer. Know. There's no answer. Okay. Has anyone got a factual? Anyone got a, anyone got a question with an answer? No. If not, I'm going to. If not, I'm going to declare the winner. I'm going to declare the winner in a minute. Okay. I'm going to declare the winner. Jonathan. Can I, can I wait a second. I've got one more question. It's got nothing to do with property. Oh. Go on. <laughs> um, how many bees does it take to make a jar of honey? How many bees? Yeah. Is this a joke? No, serious answer. You wanted one. something to do with numbers. One. <laughs> how many bees to take a jar? How many bees? To make a jar of honey, yeah. How big's the jar? You know what? He's not a fun manager for nothing, is he? <laughs> Do you know what? I have to tell you, now, now I'm going to invest in the Hermes uh, fund. Now I'm gonna, <laughs> now I'm he knows his bees. He knows his bees. All right. So who, have we got a. So we've got to answer this one, have we? Have we? No, no, you, you wanted another numbers question. Okay, Chris, how many bees? I have 800. 800, all right, 800. Dale? 500. Why? I don't know why we're doing this, but anyway, go on, Phil. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, well, okay, assuming it's a standard size jar of honey, I'm going to go, I don't know, what's the hive? 300. Okay, I'll I'll go for thousands. We're 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 talking like what, five hundred thousand bees, a jar, big jar. Yeah, yeah. What do they do? Little amount of yeah, it's t yeah, five hundred thousand. Really? Right. Limey. Oh, they die. Oh, no, 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 honey, they die. Right. Richard. So, so Richard. Richard. What's your answer? Uh, my answer is. You can't. We can't hear you. But go on. You're not turned on. Keep that's it. That's it. My answer is seven hundred and fifty bees. Peter, if I'm last to answer, and it's going to be more. No, you're not. I've not done it. You're going to say forty-two. <laughs> no, <laughs> forty-two again. Eight hundred and one. Okay. Doesn't it depend on how big the bee is? <sighs> <laughs> so the bee doesn't make it. <sighs> Um, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go low. I'm going low. Fifty. Well, I hate to tell you, Jonathan's the winner. The answer is four million. Oh my word! He is. So <laughs> now you're going to think think oh twice my. before you eat that honey again. Wow. There you go. My, he's on a roll. He's on a roll. Right. <laughs> wait, wait, smug face here. Yeah, yeah smug <laughs> face. Okay. Any more questions? If not, I'm going to declare the winner. Declare it. Right. I'm declaring the winner, Jonathan. You are the Singer VL 2017 Christmas quiz winner of the year. Very good. Very good. Right. Okay. Now, the last thing we're going to do, I think we're done. Has anyone got anything to talk about? Anything? I've got one other thing to, um, 
I need to bring to everyone's attention. Anyone, has anybody got anything they want to mention? Okay. So the last, the, this, this, what we, there's one last thing we're going to do. Okay. So when I'm now going to announce the SingVL Property Personality of the Year Award. Okay. I have the envelope here. So this is, all right, the SingVL Property Personality of the Year Award. Okay. And the nominations are right, Mark Bruno, right, Chris McAlpine, Phil, Philip Nell, Jonathan Crossland, Astrid Stanley, and Jonathan Metis as a stand-in Peter Burkett, Del Henry, Richard Wolfred, and Neil Singer. Okay, so I'm going to open the envelope now. And the winner is, well, I'm very flattered. I, I, I'm very flattered. What can I say? Neil Singer, um, uh, that's very, I feel very humbled to win the Singerviel Property Personality of the Year Awards. So thank you very much, everybody. Um, and I'd like to, there's one other award. To, um, we'd like, uh, uh, no round of applause? Right, a second, second uh, end of year Sing of Yale Business of the Year Awards, okay? And the nominations are Dacha, Zoopla, Hermes, Lucid Ocean, Howard Kennedy, and uh, Sing of Yale. Okay, and again, I'm going to open the envelope. So this is completely, completely legit, all right? And, um, okay, hold on a minute. And the winner is... Well, I'm really amazed. Singaviel is the Singaviel 2017 Business of the Year Award. So I think a round of applause, guys. We've done very well this year. <laughs> so I'd just like to thank our judging panel um, for, on, the, on these awards, just to prove that, because a lot of these property was always fixed, and our judging panel was Dale Henry. I'd like to thank Dale. I'd like to thank Richard Wolfrid, my father, Nat Singer, who I'm sure is watching, and last but not least, and most importantly, my wife, Gabrielle Singer. So in no way are these awards biased. Right. So thank you very much. So that's it, guys. That's it. We've been running for an hour. So everyone can get an hour's CPD certificate by contacting us. I hope it's been actually, it's been great. Great. So um, anyone want to say goodbye? Anything to round off? No? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Okay, so Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Great. Dale, I'll see you in two seconds. <laughs> Phil, thank you very much. Pleasure. Jonathan, thank Pleasure. you very much. Mark, great. great Richard, fun. great. Peter, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. And I want to thank um, everyone at SingerVL, Faye, Luan, Richard, Dale, everyone who's helped us, Jonathan, Graham, Graham, who's on, on a flight to America. And um, thank you very much. We had a great year. Have a great Christmas. So that's the end of it. Oh, look at that. Finishing on an hour. Thanks very much, guys. All the best. Thank you. See you, guys. Bye. Bye.